0: your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there.
1: It just really irks me that partly because there is no ban on male nipples at all and ours are actually useful and oh it really does fill me with a lot of sadness actually that that our women like we said like women breastfeeding are struggling and it's not normalized when i was breastfeeding my daughter seven years ago it wasn't normalized and i didn't i I had no idea what a good latch looked like i had no idea how you meant to hold the baby i was relying on my midwife telling me everything Whereas I have seen a big change in the last few years, like I'd say like two or three years in particular, there seems to be a lot more motherhood photography and a lot of that showing nipples. And sometimes my work will be banned from social media, but I really don't like like scribbling out nipples or like blurring nipples because there's nothing to blur. There's nothing offensive about it. It is a part of your anatomy that provides nourishment for your baby, why is that offensive? And the answer is it's offensive because nipples and breasts have been sexualized.
0: Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart-opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in-between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJaso. A mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur, and I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will get you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is the place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the show. Today, I am super excited to dive in with this conversation with Laura Parkin Warner from Rose Photo Co. based in Devon in the UK. Now, not only is she a talented photographer, she's an educator and photography award winner. Her work is completely moving and breathtaking, evoking feelings of nostalgia, coziness, and authentic love. I'm so excited to dive into the conversation today. Welcome, Laura.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. This is really fun.
0: So tell us who you are and what you're passionate about.
1: Um, so I'm Laura. Um, I'm a photographer, creator, artist, mother, wife now. I am based in Devon, which is so pretty. A lot of people don't come and visit us in Devon because if you're in the UK, you go to Cornwall, you go to London, but Devon is beautiful. So I we only moved last year and I'm still just so in love with it. I, I mostly focus on motherhood connections, so that kind of came about from having children myself. And also, I found that there's a real gap in the market for it. I, I think you guys in Canada and the US, you are on it with photography. Over here, we're a bit backwards with photography, so there wasn't really anyone offering Anything substantial when it comes to natural motherhood and like like natural family photography, it's all very posed and very like heavily edited. So, it's yeah, it's just something that I really enjoy doing. So through that, I've kind of through the motherhood side of things, I've gone into breastfeeding photography and. I just I absolutely love those sessions so I really I do as many of them as I can and a lot of them are part of a breastfeeding photography project so I get a lot of models in for that and they're just local women who don't have any photos of themselves with their babies and they, they're always the best like hi, having hired models are always wonderful because they know how to pose and hold themselves but real people are like the connection is just so much nicer yeah, that's me. I mean, I'm a very like natural, unposed, um, authentic photography person.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, you can definitely tell the love of the subjects in your work. When I first saw your, I think I was given your information by one of our team members, and they're like, "Lisa, you got to go check out her work." I was like, "Oh my god, oh, that's <laughs> beautiful. <nice. laughs> and what I love. Is you're not afraid to use grain, blur, no, I love filters. Like you're creative with that. And so I think that's one thing. Like I remember because I I started photography probably 12 years ago. And like it was so like drilled the rules. How did you switch your thinking from being so ingrained with those rules to being like, I know the rules, yet I'm going to just create art?
1: I think, well, I think you've nailed it. I think you need to know the rules. So like things that I'll always bear in mind is is I always underexpose, like I expose the highlights. I try not to chop limbs off at the joints and I try not to get the horizon going through the head. And there's all these, like these rules that are drilled into us. And I think I I try and stick with those rules still, but things like, like grain and blur, when you're dealing with, particular subject it can enhance the image it adds to it and a lot of that kind of is a bit of a throwback to film photography that I really I mean you can see behind me I've got like yeah. antique cameras I <laughs> love it. Hey. I really and it's actually something that is, it's a hobby that I share with my husband and he he's an engineer and he he likes the sort of mechanical side of it whereas I'm more like the, the pretty grain and the blur and and yeah the nostalgia and I just I think with the subject of motherhood in particular it is a subject that hasn't changed like a a mother and baby you see it in renaissance art it's it's the same thing it's the same pose it's the same way you hold your baby it's the same connection and feelings so being able to edit it in a way that's kind of a throwback to like film photography I feel like it just adds to that nostalgia
0: it really does
1: and and it's fun as well I I get bored very easily
0: (laughs) (laughs) so I
1: I just being able to like have a different colour palette or to add some grain or to to wrap some plastic around my lens, anything to just spark a bit more like, ooh, this is fun. Yeah. I just I really enjoy that and, and it cures the boredom as well.
0: I love that. There's I think there was one and it's like almost like I I think it's a woman in a field with mist around her.
1: And I'm just like ooh and, yeah, like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and actually <Fire. laughs> that that image, if it's the same one that I'm thinking of that was in the middle of the day in summer, we had a very quick cloud come over to flatten the light, and then I think I added a lot of that. that fog was in Photoshop, I think, so really? a lot of that was editing if it's the same one I'm thinking of, and yeah she, I think so. oh, she's one of my favorite clients. she just lets me do anything I want with the images, and then I'll produce like four different versions of the same photo and she loves them all she's one of those magical unicorn clients
0: yeah <laughs> oh those are my favorite my favorite they're just like i'm like we're gonna go i'm not sure what's gonna happen i might photoshop a castle behind you today so we'll and see. they just trust you <laughs> yes <laughs> i love it now actually that leads to my next question because many photographers struggle to connect with their clients and to actually like find and see those emotional connections so do you have any tips for encouraging that connection
1: I mean I think if a client's not feeling comfortable and and you haven't got that rapport with them or that connection I think it's generally the photographer's fault so what I will teach in my mentoring sessions is you need to be outgoing you need to be bubbly and chatty because these people are coming into essentially your environment they don't necessarily know what to expect and they are instantly on edge so to get them to break them down to get them to just to relax you need to take on board that that chatty bubbly asking them questions and being happy and smiley and take on board that personality so that they can then relax back and I find I mean I'm very chatty anyway which helps but if you aren't if you're quite a shy person or quite a reserved person I think it can be really really hard so it's good to practice becoming this kind of louder like it it helps as well with time and when you know what you're doing and you're confident in yourself and your camera and your sessions it's a lot easier when you first I remember being that shy person during a session full of doubt not knowing like charging 10 pound for a session (laughs) and (laughs) you don't know what you're doing and you're filled with this this like doubt and it can be hard to be that person but I think I think it it really does if you can just have a coffee beforehand with the client I find that helps so much so I don't pose my clients I will prompt them and I will suggest that they do things but in my work I want them so if if I've got a woman on a bed with a baby I don't want her posed perfectly pointing her toes bending her arms I want her sitting like she's at home because that is how she would hold her baby and that in itself not not having not not placing their hands in places helps them I think to relax as well I mean like I said like I have a coffee with them first I'll get to know them I have a really good prep strategy before I even meet them so I will I'll exchange emails with them I'll send them a sort of what to expect booklet just sort of a sort of pdf and then that will say in it like how I'm going to style them where to go what to do how long the session will last and it gives them all this information that they I have to assume they don't know what they're doing and they've never had a session before and then after that once they've got all this information I'll then also have a zoom chat with them and that will be I usually say about 20 minutes but we end up chatting and it's usually like half an hour 45 minutes <laughs> and it gives them a chance to ask questions just so they know in their head because that's how I am as well I I know that I like to be over prepared for things I like to know what to expect so that I can plan around that and so I assume that other people are like that too which I think that really helps
0: yeah I think so I think I think because it does it creates that that sense of trust
1: yes that, exactly. that they
0: already are like trusting you when they're in front of the camera yeah
1: And if you know what you're talking about and you have that status already and they've come to you because they love your work already, then they have to trust you. And if they don't trust you, then it can create a really difficult relationship with the client.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, I love your nursing and your motherhood images. How did you discover that this was a passion of yours?
1: I don't think I really understood it until I had my own babies. Honestly, I... I got into newborn photography because babies are cute, because it is hard to take a bad photo of a baby. And being a very sort of naive young photographer, because I've been doing this for like 12, 13 years now, and I got into it being like, oh, I'm going to take photos because it'll be fun. What can I take photos of? Babies are cute. And I liked taking newborn photos. I really did. And I still do. I love it even more now because my ovaries like throb when I see a baby. <laughs> right? But my, um, my work definitely changed after I had kids because I those moments where you have a client with a cluster feeding baby, I would, before babies, before my own babies, ignore that moment and just concentrate on settling the newborn and trying to get those posed shots. And... I would completely just bypass this this woman in the corner of my studio breastfeeding. And now that's that's the moment that I don't, I mean, posed babies are very, very cute and they're very lovely. But from my own experience of my own newborn photos, it's the ones where I'm in a cafe with a coffee, juggling a baby and a coffee. They're the moments that take me back. And I, I kind of instantly remember. My memory is terrible. So anything that can transport me in time is so precious to me. I think that the breastfeeding ones, I breastfed and I I can't say that I struggled compared to some people. I, I cannot say that I struggled breastfeeding, but it was hard when you don't know what you're doing and there isn't the support out there that women need. I think it's important to normalize it. So that's my main aim is like normalizing breastfeeding. And I just love them. I, I love that the women can come to me afterwards and say how it's a really it's been a really tough journey and they're really proud of themselves and it's they've got this connection with their baby now i mean they would have anyway even if they were bottle feeding but having gone through this struggle to breastfeed and then and then maybe their baby's weaning it can be really emotional to have photos like that is very important for these women so yeah that's kind of yeah (laughs)
0: I love that. I love that. Now, I'm going to circle back because I know that you feel really strongly about Free the Nipple, and Mm. I do as well, (laughs) and the importance of really normalizing breastfeeding photography and how strongly social media likes to censor it. So how do you feel as an industry we can start working together to bring about change?
1: I think the only thing we can do is to show more photos of it. And unfortunately, Meta and Facebook and Instagram are very very bad I mean I, I even today I saw something they there is a film and I cannot remember my memory is terrible but the film is by a ooh, I think a Portuguese director and the poster for it is a lactating nipple that is it is a red poster with a nipple and it is a drop of milk coming off and it was banned and today they've overturned this ban and they've apologized but all the other artists and all the other nipple-showing pictures, no, none of that's been reshown, And there's no apologies for all the other artists. It's just this high-profile Penelope Cruz film. And it just really irks me that partly because there is no ban on male nipples at all, and ours are actually useful. And, oh, it really does fill me with a lot of sadness, actually, that... There are women, like we said, like women breastfeeding are struggling and it's not normalized. When I was breastfeeding my daughter seven years ago, it wasn't normalized. And I didn't, I, I had no idea what a good latch looked like. I had no idea how you meant to hold the baby. I was relying on my midwife telling me everything. Whereas I have seen a big change in the last few years. Like I'd say like two or three years in particular, there seems to be a lot more motherhood photography and a lot of that showing nipples. And sometimes my work will be banned from social media, but I really don't like I like scribbling out nipples or like blurring nipples because there's nothing to blur. There's nothing offensive about it. It is it's a part of your anatomy that provides nourishment for your baby. Why is that offensive? And the answer is it's offensive because nipples and breasts have been sexualized, uh, which is where my nude project came on. It's female bodies being sexualized. And that is very, very sad because when it comes to nourishing your baby, how is that? I mean, I mean just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, that is something I'm very passionate about.
0: I think it's real, so important. Like, I, my son, I had him 13 years ago. And I remember, like, hiding in the car, hiding, like, making, like, it was so much hiding when it came to nursing. And
1: and you can't see anything right? if you are, if you are breastfeeding correctly. And I know sometimes, like at like six months, the babies pull off every five seconds. But there's nothing to see. There's nothing to be offended by, other than the fact that your your sexualized plaything, the boobie, is not actually what you thought it was. It's not it's not for male pleasure or, or female pleasure. It is for the baby. And there's this big confusion and I actually think I don't know about where you are but I don't remember being taught anything about breastfeeding at school so we learned about pregnancy and birth, we had lots of biology, that is a very important part of your body and it's a very clever part of your body as well but we're taught nothing about it in the UK curriculum I don't know if they are anymore like, at the moment either, so until my daughter starts high school I guess I probably <laughs> <Right>. won't either <laughs> but it's it's something that children should know and my my daughter used to walk around with her dolls pretend to breastfeed them because she saw me doing that with her brother whereas I I have friends with babies and they'll walk around bottle feeding the baby because they don't know anything about breastfeeding and it's just I just feel like it should be it shouldn't even be a discussion it's that normal it just shouldn't even be a discussion
0: yeah love that so we're going to circle back to your art a little bit, and your images really are an incredible combination of authentic moments and thoughtful, creative styling. So, how much how much prep goes into these sessions beyond your your phone calls?
1: I would say not a lot of prep. But then when I think about it, it's I mean, I my pre-session prep is is all the emails, like I mentioned earlier, it's all the emails, the what to expect information, which is which talked about styling and where to meet and what happens during and after and how long it will take me to edit the photos. And then there's a Zoom call. I mean, apart from that, I don't do a lot of planning. We will discuss during the Zoom call or via email where we're gonna meet, because I, I like doing a lot of outdoor work, especially now we live in Devon and it's beautiful. And I I can't really pick and choose the weather here because it's England. <laughs> so apart from that, I just, I, I usually have a sort of vague idea that I what I want them to wear, where I want them to sit on the sand dune. And apart from that, I just, I want them to be comfortable. I want them to look comfortable because if they look comfortable, they are comfortable. And it comes across in the photos the main thing is that they are happy because if they are happy the photo is happy and the photo is calm if if they are calm so it's creating these authentic is real moments and then it comes across in the photo I think that's really important and I've been teaching before and I've had a model lie on the beach and one of my students has changed her into sort of a lying down position with her head up and she just looked so awkward and she looked so uncomfortable and there's no way that a photo of her being uncomfortable will look nice it is why like when i see heavily posed images some like you get some studio work where the hands are in an unnatural position but they're the the right position like we were saying it's like you get the rules but and you're they're trained. Kind of, yeah, yeah. And this posing is kind of how it technically should be, but the people look stiff and they look like mannequins. And that's not how you hold yourself. You hold yourself in a fluid way. I think that it's important just to have a genuine, authentic, natural moment, and then it will come across in people's art. And even with editing, I think that's important. When I'm teaching editing, I will tell people to do little tweaks, little changes, because you're more likely to get a realistic looking image rather than plastering a fake sky on you, which you absolutely can sometimes if it's done well. And if you don't do it very well, then it doesn't add to the image. It takes things away. So yeah, I'm all about the sort of authenticity.
0: I love it. Do you have a client closet too?
1: I do. They are mostly, (laughs) admittedly, pretty dresses that I like myself. (laughs) Great. Sometimes dip into the client also. I know. Um, But yeah, I I do. And that does help as well with styling. It's um, very difficult to get across your vision to people if they aren't familiar with photography, with brands, with styling themselves. A lot of people will wear clothes that won't necessarily look how you want them to look and I I do want them to look comfortable and look how they would in a session so I won't ever say put this dress on you would never wear anything like it normally but for my shoe do it if they're more of like a jeans person wear some jeans just wear a neutral top or something and I just I don't want anything to be taken away from any distractions from the subjects so as long as you explain why you are doing it they, it's, it's back to trust again. If you explain why, they almost always, in fact, they always will understand and trust you and just go with it. And a lot of the time I'll get like WhatsApp images of like a list of clothes, like photos of clothes, like telling me which one, which one do I like, or any of these work. And I'm just like, as long as you're comfortable, you need like more than anything, you need to be comfortable. And then I, I will always say go for something neutral because... It's just, I I don't do bright colors. If you look at my work, I like things that look good on skin. Like skin with, I mean, some skin look great with red. My skin with red. Is, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I go for like creams and browns, sometimes white. I'm not a huge fan of white or black. Also lose the shape, especially with pregnancy. Does not work. Totally
0: lose the bump. <laughs> so true.
1: But yeah, it's, um, yeah, client closets are really, really handy.
0: Now, do you struggle with inspiration at all? And what do you do when you're feeling a bit lackluster about your work if you do?
1: I I think everyone at times, every photographer will experience imposter syndrome, will not like their work. I think it's it's really important to remember that that is a very common experience for artists and creatives. So I, I'm constantly up and down on this like roller coaster of loving my work and then hating my work. And I I experience burnout, I would say, every six months. I can almost and I try so hard not to. So I'm getting better. In the past year, I, I know when I'm getting exhausted or I've taken on too much. So I will deliberately stop working for about a week at a time sometimes more and then i would do a couple of hours a day i'll ease myself back into it and that's the best thing that i can do really other than if, if you think a shoot hasn't gone well i would always suggest not looking at the pictures upload them back them up do not look at them for a few days and then and then i'll do that and i'll come back to them and actually i quite like some of the pictures so that's that's quite handy
0: it's totally. It's it's the perspective and mind and your mindset, even when you're looking at them. And
1: after a shoot as well, if you if you've not had that connection that you want or something's not going right, it's still in your mind when you're looking at the pictures. You need that separation, I think.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Because there's been there's been newborn sessions where I was like, "Man, that was terrible. That was probably like my worst session ever." And I look at the pictures, I was like, "Who's taking these? <laughs> was, like, was I there?" <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>
1: like, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> like,
0: Pull that out of my but butt yeah, somehow. But yeah, you look back
1: at them and actually it's, or you, you find a way or if sometimes like the light hasn't been, I've been really stroppy because in fact, when I was filming something recently, um, the light suddenly went pitch black and we had a storm rolling. My client was late. They were about an hour late. They had a new baby. They had, they they drove like two or three hours. They had to stop off. It was, it was absolutely fine. But it went from being this beautiful streaming light from the window within about fifteen minutes, hitch black. And the, I love grain, but these are grainy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just gonna, like, I'm going to remove the grain oh, and then I'm yeah. going to put it back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have studio lights and I can not use studio lights. I just, I don't like, I think it, again, it takes away from that authenticity. When I've got cables and I've got a, a two-year-old bouncing on the bed and, but having to like be careful not to knock over the light. It just, I don't, I want them to be concentrating on me and the camera and playing games and not thinking about the lights and things. Totally. So we just went with the grain. The grain's fine. Yep. I like grain.
0: <laughs> I love it. Love it. Now, what advice would you give to someone maybe struggling to find their voice as an artist? I think it's very
1: important to remember that they have a voice and they are using their voice already, but they need to hone in on what they are trying to say. So it's not that they need to find the voice. It's just that they, their voice needs to project a subject and and really like slim down what what it is that they are trying to get across i always get my my mentees to understand exactly what they are trying to get across and what they are trying to photograph so why why are they doing it who are they trying to reach who is their target audience so if they're and if they're doing it for a business in particular it's great because when you write a business plan you you already know all that information you know who your t- target audience is you know what you're trying to say you know what your unique selling point is you know all of this so being able to concentrate on that and when it comes to art it's no different I know that I am reaching mothers in particular breastfeeding mothers a lot of the time it will be breastfeeding mothers on baby number two they Struggled breastfeeding first time around and I I know this much detail about my target market. And in terms of getting a voice, like like I said, they have a voice. They just they just need to know what they're trying to say.
0: I love that. That's good advice. So I think so many of us start to fall in the monotony of business versus creating art. Now I love that you carve out time for personal self. Portrait projects. And it's something that I've recently fallen in love with too. I've seen. Uh, I they're love They're so fun. They're ridiculous. Like, no, they're they ridiculous. <laughs> But
1: back to our other, but back to the other question. (laughs) You know what you're trying to get across. You know what the subject is. You know why you're doing it, and it's you can tell. Like it's so beautiful.
0: Oh, I'm just like there to delight myself. Like exactly, um, absolutely, just like it's for me and. (laughs) Oh gosh, you should see what I just got in the mail. So to catch my beautiful listeners up to up to date, I have been taking fine art or uh, Dutch master paintings and turning myself into fine art. And it's been a really fun project. But also it's really funny if you look at how women have been portrayed throughout, you know, centuries really in art and looking at expressions. And like half the time they're either angry, bored frustrated about something like it is so so funny so I was like I was looking at all these pieces and I'm like my gosh like these expressions are hilarious like my my art is gonna come off as a parody and, <laughs> and that's just what it's but gotta that's, be that, is, <laughs> that in itself
1: is a strong voice like parody right. throughout time if you look at literature and all parody is a very strong way of making a point
0: Right, like it's they're wonderful. just. oh I can't like, wait. You should see I'm the dress I just got. I'm actually pulling up.
1: I'm putting up your uh, Facebook right now, so I can I can have it. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> and your myself oh, the, Mona yeah, Lisa, the, the Mona Lisa, the Mona Lisa one, yes. <laughs> and also your milkmaid one, your
0: um the milkmaid. yes yeah. Was it Vermeer? Vermeer's milkmaid. Yes. Yes. There and we that go. Was a really, that was a fun edit. Oh, I love I love Vermeer though. I love the <laughs> I light. Love, I love Vermeer.
1: It's wonderful. Right. Thank you. And you're behind the scenes of them as well.
0: <laughs> They're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. I'm like no I'm really just like here with like a trigger with myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the thing when you see self-portraits of people like when I'm doing my self-portrait work the outtakes are hilarious. Yes. I mean I did a little boudoir one a few weeks ago and I I'm balanced on a ledge behind me over some stairs like it's dangerous. And I'm kind of like popping my hip and trying to balance. And there's like three photos where it doesn't look like I'm in pain. It's brilliant. So I love behind the scenes images that my favorite.
0: And the number that you actually like, I probably shoot 500 images oh, to get the, only the one that I like. So like, <laughs> if, if you're deciding just to like start doing your own self-portraits, I'm not just picking one image. Like I am like, <laughs> I'm spraying and praying with my...
1: Yeah, <laughs> with my it finger. has to be done. I had to do a headshot the other day. And I, I think it was 526 photos for a headshot. Yes, shot. I know. And, oh, God, they are hideous. I didn't use any of them in the end. Right, I know. But this is, this is what's so good about self-portraiture because you can use it as a practice. You can, you can practice posing, you can practice the light, you can look at different... Like when I do it in my house, I discover little nooks. One of my favourite photos of myself is me curled up in a corner, in a pocket of light, with one of my cats. And I'm like holding him while he's trying to wriggle and get away. And it's the most awkward position, but it was beautiful light. It's such beautiful light. And you discover things, so it's, it's good to practice. I think self-portraiture is really important just to practice.
0: I think so too. And just to even like know what it feels like to be yes. on the other side of the land in lens. Like and Definitely. remember like like this is not easy.
1: But this this is why as well I think it's important to employ other photographers, not just to support local people, but also to see how people do things themselves. To see what they do differently not in a sneaky way like you're getting photos from it and you're also you're making friends and connections but it's important to understand how your clients are feeling i mean i I recently had my wedding and the wedding photographers were incredible and it was wonderful to see how they worked and how i would work Differently and and what they do better, and it's really important to understand how your client is feeling. So I would one hundred percent say, if you are a newborn photographer and you have a newborn, have a newborn shoot with someone else. You could do your own photos, but I would say employ someone else.
0: Yeah, I agree. So you ready for the lightning round? Ooh, okay, <laughs> okay. So coffee or tea? I'm English tea. I know, right? that was like, <laughs> that's like no brainer question, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, most luxurious vacation you've ever been on? Mm, I went to India, went to Goa in India
1: when I was about 19, I think. Um, I don't remember a lot of it, but it was really
0: fun. I love it. <laughs> Anything at 19 was really fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you want to be when you grew up? A vet. Oh. Mm-hmm. Do you have any personal projects going on right now? And I have what is three. it?
1: I've got three projects I have so many I have an ongoing breastfeeding project which I've discussed already I have a nude project going on partly self-portrait in there and partly not and it is called grin and bear it (laughs) which I'm very proud of that title and thirdly I've gone blank on what it is it's just my self-portrait project yes I've gone blank there. I was like, I know I have a third one. It's just an ongoing self-portrait project. It's not really got a theme as yet. I'm kind of photographing when I feel like I want to, and then I'm kind of putting it together and seeing a theme emerging. Probably a bit backwards, but it it works.
0: What do you like to cook the most if you cook?
1: Oh, I do. I cook a lot. Um,
0: Tofu. Ah,
1: I'm vegetarian.
0: I love it. I love it. Have you done the smoked tofu? No. But tell me more. I will find a recipe. My friend is vegan and she she does this smoked tofu that is incredible. I will find oh. you a recipe and send it to you. Yes, please <laughs> do.
1: Love tofu. Crispy tofu in particular.
0: Yes. Um. What's the best gift you've ever been given? Best
1: gift. Oh, wedding gift the other day. A friend of mine has an orchard adjoining her house and she has no children, so she has time for all this, by the way. She made cider and preserves and this hamper of everything came from their orchard and from their garden and it was just amazing. It was the time that went into it. I was so impressed. Admittedly, bless her, she needed to add a little bit more sugar to that slow gin. (laughs) because that, that was um like paint thinner <laughs> but it was very good still just a little oh yeah yes best gift <laughs> it's the thoughtful ones the it. thoughtful ones with the time they're the oh, ones i love I like. that
0: totally oh, what's your favorite comfort food chocolate mm-hmm. and a cup of tea mm. where do you feel most centered and happy
1: Oh at home. I love my home. I I could be at home for like a week at a time and not go stir crazy. My husband's the opposite. He has to go out every day. But at home with the fire on, embroidering or crocheting and being all cottage cory and yeah, oh, I love
0: it. <laughs> what are you most grateful in the season of life?
1: My children. It's such a cheesy answer, but my children, they are wonderful. They have their moments for sure, but they um they've made me a very wholesome person a much better person than I used to be
0: I love it what is something you've accomplished as an adult that your younger self would be proud of
1: Mm, I've learned to cook so there's that (laughs) 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 I think um I used to be quite feisty quite fiery I still have I still can be like that and I, I can still fixate on on things such such as freeing the nipple and things. I, I'm now able to come away from that and see how I should behave and see how I can calm myself down and and also I think I, I've also I've learned a lot of things. I'm I'm a much better person than as, as a child. I was a horrible child. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I'd say just becoming a, a more rounded person. I love it. So what has been the best piece of business advice you've ever been given? Oh, Instagram
1: is not real. Instagram, you can meet some wonderful people. You can network. You can. Instagram's not real. Instagram does not require you to be up at 8 a.m. posting things every day. It doesn't require you to be making reels. Unless you want to be doing that, unless you find it fun, do not do it. If you were doing it for the sake of doing it and because you think it will help your business, it might help your business, but that time could be better spent learning new things on wellness, on on self-improvement. There are so many things that you only have a limited amount of time. So do not spend it
0: pandering to the algorithm. Oof, yeah. Deep. (laughs) Deep. (laughs) (laughs) That's a quotable. (laughs) love that now what advice would you give to someone just starting out as a new photographer
1: there is a lot of advice that I would give them I would say concentrate on the business side of things if you are looking to turn into a But if you're doing it as a hobby then by all means have as much fun with photography as you can if you want to make it a business it's as important to learn marketing and branding and social media and website building and to learn all those skills as it is to be a good photographer. And it's sad that it's like that, but I mean, that is how it is. It's true.
0: It's the nature of the business. It really is. So where can our listeners learn more from you?
1: Oh, well, I I do mentoring sessions. So they are tailored around the photographer who wants mentoring. I send out a very in-depth questionnaire first and I get them to basically... Tell me what they want to learn from me, how I can help them. And I've got 12, 13 years of knowledge behind me. I've made so many mistakes and I've learned how the right way to do this is. And I really hate it when I see new people in the business making these mistakes I've already made and it's it's painful to watch. So yeah, I mean, get in touch. I'm more than happy to help people. I, I love helping people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> love that. And we'll include your website in the show notes. Yeah. So I love to end my interviews just with this last question. And it is, what are you currently curious about or artistically curious about?
1: I really want to develop my own film photography. Um, I I love vintage cameras. I love shooting film. I got into photography when film was coming out of photography and so I've kind of had this cross, I've never had the opportunity to develop it myself. So next year, I'm hoping I'm going to start, I'm going to learn how to develop black and white film. I'm hoping to set part of my house up, husband doesn't know, um, <laughs> <laughs> and actually develop that myself. I think it'll be really fun. And I think it will, I think it'll be really wholesome. It'll, it'll make me feel really happy to see from start to finish, like the entire process.
0: Love that. Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's been really fun.
0: Oh, my beautiful friends, I hope you loved this conversation just as much as I did. I am sending you so much of my light and my love today and every single day. We'll see you next time.